We continue our series, Home Improvement, and this morning we're looking at being the best version of you, and we are in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Paul writes this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do so diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, we continue our series on home improvement and uh, looking at the Bible for improving our own lives. And this morning we're looking at how to be the best version of you. Heard this true story of uh, Mandy, who's a senior in high school, and she was like so many seniors applying to colleges, and she had great aspirations. She was a great student, and uh, as she was filling out this application to an Ivy League school, it had a number of questions, and some of them were yes and no, and some of them were kind of choose either or in addition to the essay she was given. And so she came to one question that said, are you a leader or a follower? And she thought to herself, and after some considerable reflection, she decided she was really more of a follower than a leader. And so she circled that she was a follower. And then in coming weeks, she finally received her letter from the Ivy League school. And the Ivy League school letter said this, on behalf of the president and the board of alumni and the faculty and staff, we want to welcome you to the class this fall. And it is great to welcome, in addition to 4,688 leaders that were welcoming you to the school. It was good to have at least one follower. <laughs> oh, man. So many times in life, you know, we try to be what we're, what we're not, and uh, rather than who we really are. And uh, there's a great Swedish proverb that says this, uh, who you are is God's gift to you, and what you do with your life is your gift back to God. How are you this morning at being you? Uh, I think to be the best version of ourselves is first to accept who we are as God's gift to us. And uh, there's a great um, book and uh, leader sort of guru by the name of Marcus Buckingham. And a couple of decades ago, he was in a, a discussion, a heated discussion about in the office about whether people tend to play towards their strengths or try to modify their weaknesses and uh, to do the best they can that way. And a number of people said, well, no, it's, uh, they play towards their strength. And other people said, no, they got to manage their weaknesses. And so it happened to be that they worked at Gallup Poll. And so they decided what they're going to do is to survey people. And so there's this huge survey for a number of weeks, and they came back with the results, and these have been duplicated a number of times, that overwhelmingly 37% of the people 
play towards their strength, and 67% of people try to manage their weaknesses rather than playing towards their strengths. Isn't that amazing in life? And they went on to talk about how that many times, you know, what happens when parents, when a student brings home a C in their report card? They try to get the C up and don't look at the A's rather than praising the A's. And they kind of went on to say, how many Einsteins have we lost because we're trying to work about bringing up a C in English rather than doing their best in science? Uh, And so in our own lives, how are we being the best version of who we really are? There's a great Southern preacher saying that I love. It says, be who you is because you is who you ain't, then you ain't who you is. Don't ask me to repeat that, right? And so Paul is saying here, in I think an incredible verse in Romans chapter 12, that what we need to do in order to really worship, what do we think about as we really usually think about worship? We think about singing praises and reading Scripture, which is all important, but Paul says how you live your life is your spiritual act of worship. How you live your life is the most important spiritual act you have. And we come Sunday morning, we get charged up to go out and live during the week to be the people that God has ordained us to be. And for every single one of us, God has given us gifts and talent. And the first thing we need to do is accept who we are, right? So many of us are worried about being somebody else. I've said it before, you know, my dream would be to sing like Elvis and play the guitar like Carlos Santana. Ain't going to happen, right? But we need to be who we are and to accept that and be the best version of who we are. It's kind of like some people say, you know, you can't teach a rabbit to swim or a snail to race, right? It ain't going to happen. So don't try to be who you ain't. Be who you is and be all you can be. And so part of that Paul is saying here, he said, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I love that, right? Because he's saying you're spiritually empowered to be the person you have. And in fact, those two words, be conformed, don't be conformed to the world, to the pattern of this world. Both those words, conformed and pattern, come from the same exact word, which is schizomai, all right? And that's the word we get schematic from. I don't know if there's any electronics people out here at all, or maybe you do it yourself or some. What is a schematic? A schematic is the wiring diagram for electronics and so many other kinds of things. And so Paul's saying, don't be wired the way the world is trying to get you to be wired. Instead, be transformed. And that word there is actually the word metamorphosis, right? So most people know metamorphosis is the transformation, the slow transformation. We think of a, of a caterpillar going into a cocoon to become what? A butterfly. God has ordained you over time to become a butterfly, to grow your wings and to fly if you will be who you are, which is so hard sometimes. We look around the world and we see maybe the things that we want or other people or even in the church try to be somebody else, but God has ordained you to be who you is. Who is it that God has ordained you to be? When you do that, it's such a, such a blessing, right? Paul was ordained to be Paul. Each of the disciples, you look at the 12 disciples, right? They all had their own gifts and talents. They all had their own personality. They all had their ministry, right? And so who has God ordained you to be? God has blessed you with unique gifts and talents and has a plan and purpose for your life. I love it when uh, Rick Warren has this uh, thing called shape in discovering who we are. And you may have heard me say this before. And shape stands for our unique gifts and talents. So the first thing is S is spiritual gifts. What are your spiritual gifts that God has given you? This isn't just pastor. This is everyone. What are the spiritual gifts that God has given you? And the H stands for heart. What is your heart or passion that is deep inside you, right? 
And A is abilities, natural abilities as opposed to spiritual abilities. So what are the abilities that God has given you? Are you a math person? Are you a writer? Are you a science person? What are those natural abilities? And then what is your personality? P is personality. You know, there are people, people, there are task people, there are leaders, there are followers. God has ordained it all. So who are you in your personality? And then finally, E is experiences. And experiences aren't just the good things that happen to us. They're also the negative things that happen to us. God can use all of those things in our life, and that's our unique shape, our spiritual gifts, our heart or passion, our abilities, our natural abilities, our personality, and our experiences. And through all of that, God makes a plan and purpose for our lives, and we need to accept that. Uh, There's a great story about Amy Carmichael, uh, who's grown now, but wrote about her life some. And she said when she was in Sunday school as a little girl, that she had brown eyes. And she looked around, and all the other kids had blue eyes. And for a while, she prayed. That was her prayer request. Even Sunday school was that blue eyes. Well, after she was grown for a while, she realized that God isn't going to change her eyes from brown to blue. Uh, But later, when she was in high school, she took a mission trip to India. And when she was in India, what her job was and the mission was to, to work with little kids of the village. And uh, she had a thriving little ministry with these young kids from the village. And uh, halfway through the summer, the mothers uh, were gathered around in the village, and they called her over and said, we just want to thank you for your ministry with our kids. They said, um, you have such a blessing. And, and, the, and the young women who've come before didn't do nearly as well as you. And so Amy asked about that. And she said, well, what is it about me? And she said, you know, at least one of the things was, you know, all the other girls have blue eyes, but you have brown eyes. And all of our kids have brown eyes. And it's just close enough to them that they can see themselves in you. And she realized she needed to be the best version of who she was, that God had a unique plan and purpose for her. Even the color of her eyes meant part of her mission and ministry. Who are you? Who are you and who are the gifts that God has given you in order to be the best version of you? And so the first thing is to accept ourselves. And then the next thing is to accept others for the gifts that they have right? It's so important. We think about right now, of course, the NBA playoffs are going on, the Stanley Cup playoffs, but uh, you realize that in order for any kind of a team to flourish and do well, it isn't just the superstars that are on the team. It's how well they play together as a team. In order to play well as a team, they have to accept the gifts and talents of other people. If you have a football team and everybody thinks they're a quarterback, it's just not going to work. Or if the quarterback doesn't really think the line is important, right, the offensive line, all they need to do is let the defensive players come raining through and flatten the quarterback a few times, and a quarterback will realize, even though they're in the spotlight all the time, that they need the offensive linemen. Same with the receivers and everyone else. Everyone has a place on the team. And they have to trust that their gifts and abilities are important, but they also have to trust that the gifts and abilities of other people are important as well. Paul writes this about the church that is so good about each of us accepting the gifts not only of ourselves but of everyone else. He says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, one team, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. 
If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do so diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So, and that is an exhaustive list, right? All of us have a place. Martin Luther is famous for one of the things he said was, calling isn't just for pastors, right? It's for all of us. God needs Christians, farmers, salespeople, teachers, doctors, nurses. All of those things are calling. It isn't what we do, but how we do it that makes ministry, right? If you want a calling, you don't have to just be a pastor. Be who you is, not who you ain't, right? Because if you're not who you is, then you is who you ain't. God has a, a lane for everybody. God has a place for all of us to function as a church of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we're the church that we need to be. My mom had cancer some time ago, and breast cancer, and it was very severe. We found out that it just metastasized, and we were concerned that she gets the best treatment. She's a, a nurse and knew so much about medical care, and she ended up going to uh, this cancer center, and she discovered that the doctor that they made appointment there was a doctor that she used to work with at the hospital where she was a, uh, had practiced as a nurse for decades. And she found out, and we found out through her, that the doctor who was there had decided that in his latter part of his career, he was going to focus just on breast cancer because his wife had died from breast cancer. And he wanted to give the very best care to every woman who came in there and to make sure that everything was done right for them. And I can't tell you how comforting it was to my family and I to know that my mother was in the care of a doctor like that. Why? Because, you know, God doesn't just use the positive experiences in our life. God also uses the negative experiences to form and fashion, to shape us into the mission and ministry that we have. What is the mission and ministry that God has for you with your gifts and talents? And what is the, the ministry and gifts and talents that you can appreciate in others and encourage them to work together that we can all be the church of Jesus Christ and we can be the community that we need to be before Christ? That is so important in our lives. I love this um, idea of Paul writing to the church here, and uh, Paul saying, don't conform to the world, but be transformed. Because what do we see in the world around us today? Everyone's sort of running after everyone else, gifts, other than teams that really flourish. In our lives, God wants us to be who we is rather than who we're not. This spring, we're thinking about home improvement projects. And we're thinking today about being the best version of who we are and allowing all of us to be the best version of who we are so we can be the church of Jesus Christ that we need to be. I'm going to close with this story, which I love. And the story is of this rabbi in the second century. And one day, the rabbi, who is very dedicated, was walking home along the path from the village where he went every day to do his ministry. And as he was walking home, he did what he always did. He prayed the Shema. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. And he prayed that, and he prayed it over and over and over, and he prayed it so earnestly that he missed the turn to go to his home. And so he kept walking and praying that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. And suddenly as he was walking and praying, not even noticing, he walked straight into the outskirts of a Roman encampment, and a Roman centurion soldier was there to stop him. And the Roman soldier said, Halt, who are you and why are you here? And the rabbi thought for a moment, and the Roman centurion looked at him again and said, Who are you and why are you here? 
And the rabbi looked at the soldier and said, how much do they pay you a day? And the soldier was not amused. And so the Roman soldier looked at the rabbi again and said, who are you and why are you here? And the rabbi again said, I mean no harm, but how much do they pay you a day? And the Roman soldier just thought this uh, older rabbi and thought he meant no harm and said, they pay me two drachma a day. And the rabbi said, I will gladly double it if every day you will stand at my door and when I leave and when I come home, you'll ask me those two questions. Who are you and why are you here? Who are you and why are you here? God has a plan and purpose for each of us. And God has given us all gifts and talents. God has a unique shape for all of our lives with our spiritual gifts, our heart, our passion, our abilities, our personality, and all of our experiences for a unique calling to be who we are and to know why we're here in order to be the best version of you, of each of us. We need to know and be in tuned with who God means us to be and strive to be that person and that pattern that God has for us and to encourage others to be themselves too. And if we all work together, we will be the people and the church that God has ordained us to be to transform not just our own lives, but our church and our whole world around us. We join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is a light for our path and a lamp for our feet. We thank you for these words of Paul, not just to the church at Rome, but to all of us, to not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but to be transformed, to turn into the people that you would have us to be as unique individuals and as your people, your church, doing your ministry, being a light in a darkened world. So we pray this would be our path today and each and every day. We pray this in Christ's name and all God's people said, amen.